0: We have a new year's message from January of 2023, straight from the heart of Pastor Jim Harris, and of course, from scripture. He acknowledges the cultural decline in the world and outlines six woes that will result from that decline. These woes are described in Isaiah chapter five. Pastor also tells us of the scriptures we need to know as believers, to avoid the pitfalls of this sad world, please listen to Pastor Jim as he delivers today 's slice of this week 's message entitled "When the World is Upside Down." a year ago we didn't picture Ukraine being invaded and a war going on for so far ten months, and we didn't picture all the ripples that would that that thing would cause across the globe as it drones on. Uh, for my part, I, I did my best impression of the Apostle Paul being lowered over the wall out of Damascus when Jenny Myers whisked me out of Tombov and home from Russia the day after the war broke out and got home about a week ahead of schedule. The geopolitical waves are still impacting the whole world. Our economy is largely affected by... What's going on over there? That unprovoked act of aggression by a wicked dictator has cost thousands of lives, ruined cities, and disrupted not just those people attacked, but international commerce and relations. And it's also changed the course of many ministries. Um, I don't think anyone had plans at New Year last year for changing the entire emphasis of their church's ministry to humanitarian help and evangelism to refugees but heroic believers in that part of the world have done just that. And through it all God is building His church. There have been whole new churches planted among people who have come to Christ since having been bombed out of their house and their city in Ukraine. Though we don't rejoice in the evil, but God is at work So yeah, this past year it it was unprecedented, but that shouldn't be a a surprise to anybody who knows the Bible. As much as we can be certain that this coming year is going to bring new challenges, sometimes totally unexpected things, we'll make our best plans, but we'll submit to the will of God, whatever unfolds. We can rest fully assured that whatever happens, God is in control. Our future with Him is secure He will continue to build the church worldwide into that bride for His Son that He intends for it to be. And as we live through the steady erosion of this culture in which we've lived our lives and blessed lives at that, we know that the degeneration of all of this is just exactly as God said it would be why you would think the Apostle Paul had inside information about our times when he wrote his final canonical letter. We call it Second Timothy. And in Second Timothy chapter 3, the, the, the chapter begins with this, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. And then it sounds like he'd been watching a review of the 10 best movies of last year when he wrote this. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. That's where our world is going. And, and you know what? There's no reverse gear on cultural erosion. Very rare. It's called revival. Oh, how wonderful that would be. How nice if we had to have services here seven days a week to accommodate the people who are coming to hear the gospel. Well, before we open God's word further, I I just want to let you know what's going on. This year, as I talked, thought about, you know, I could just talk about the ugly things that happened in 2022, that's just low-hanging fruit. That's too easy. Um, I just wanted to share from a pastor's heart, and I am presuming as I do, that you're here because you belong to Jesus Christ. I am presuming that you have heard the gospel, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. I'm presuming you've not only heard that gospel, but that you trust in Christ and in Him alone for your salvation. I am presuming that you are committed to His church and that your desire is to serve Him and to serve His people for His glory alone. In other words, this is, um, this is an intramural talk. Uh, this isn't evangelism. This is, uh, this is the holy huddle for the family of God. Uh, we're going to have to go through another year, Lord willing. And if you're not fully committed to Christ and to His church, well, hey, I'm also glad that you're here. Listen to what we're talking about. It's not a secret. And then let's get together and talk about why aren't you committed to Christ and what can we do to help you understand what that means and to bring you the joy of freedom from sin and its consequences. So I'm going to share from my heart and I'm going to take us to three primary passages there won't be probably anything new to you if you've been a Christian more than a week,, um, or a year or whatever. I like what Peter says in Second Peter chapter one. he says, "I'm always going to remind you of the things that you know, and I will keep reminding you of the things you know, so that when I'm gone, you will be reminded of the things you know." You know, this isn't rocket science but it's the kingdom of God. We need to know the gospel, let the gospel change our lives, live by the gospel's uh, teachings every day, submit ourselves to the word of God, rinse and repeat. If you want to call that New Year's, uh, that's just fine with me. But I want to take us to these three passages under the category of we need to know. Number one, we need to know the woes. We'll go to Isaiah 5 for that. Number two, we need to know how to prove ourselves, Philippians 2, and number three, we need to know what sort of people to be. So let's start with the woes. Through the prophet Isaiah, a little over 700 years before Jesus came, God pronounced, well there's a whole lot He pronounced, there's, there's 66 chapters of, of uh, Isaiah, um, so it's a It's a big, big book, Um, but there are these six woes or these six judgments. Remember we saw the word woe when we were working in uh, Jude a little while back? It means damnation, the things that God hates, if you will. So God pronounced these six woes against the people of Israel who were failing to respond to His many calls to repentance through Isaiah and others. The judgment of the Babylonian captivity was looming upon them. If you look at a timeline, this was over a hundred years before it actually happened. God always warns with so much patience, so much compassion. But He gave the warnings and Isaiah wrote them down for us. Now God never changes, so the things that brought His judgment upon His special people Israel will likewise bring judgment today. Now, we are not Israel. This is not a series of woes pronounced against a political entity today. We are the church. But we also know from Peter that judgment is to begin at the household of God. We need to pay attention to these things. Uh, our nation is not the chosen nation of God, as was Israel, but still, we need to know what to run away from and we need to know what to call people to repent from just the same today as people did in Isaiah's day. This portion of Isaiah by the way is, is uh, written as poetry, quite a bit of the book of Isaiah is. And so you will notice as I put it on the screen and it should be that way in your Bible if you have a, a quality translation or a quality version of it, um, it, it. It's printed line by line. Now you can translate poetry but you, you can't make it rhyme and, and uh, have the, the meter and all of that. Seventh grade English class, we were doing a section on poetry, and of course we all loved the section, the, the day we got to talk about limericks, and one of them was that I learned there once was a gas man named Peter, who, while looking around for the meter, touched the leak with his light. He arose out of sight. And as anyone can tell by reading this, he also destroyed the meter. You can't make it rhyme. You can't make it sound like that. But this is God's word in this um, uh, way of writing, which tends to use a lot of repetition and parallelism. So let me just uh, look at these six woes with you briefly, and you can study them in detail if you'd like. First one is in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 8. It's about disrespecting God's design Woe to those who add house to house and join field to field until there is no more room so that you have to live alone in the midst of the land. That doesn't make a ton of sense to us, okay? It's not God's law against townhouses joining house to house. But God gave Israel their land with the intention that families would retain what was given to them within their tribe. And by Isaiah's time... Wealthy speculators were using legal processes to deprive the poor of what rightfully belonged to them. Now, wicked, wealthy people taking advantage of poor people, that's been around forever in, in every society. And we don't have an exact parallel to what Isaiah was addressing, but by analogy, it's safe to stay. he's He's saying, don't ignore the past. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald for Heritage Bible Radio. I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.